road trip with your family that turns into a 40-year road trip with your family. I mean, what would it feel like to have all the family, like even like all the extended relatives uh, coming with you on this vacation that feels like it's never going to end? What would that feel like? Um, This is where the Israelites were when they approached the Jordan River on their way to the promised land uh, after wandering in the wilderness for 40 years with one another. Their bodies were free, but their hearts were tired, weary, and captive. They were grieving the death of their leader, Moses, and they're about to move into hostile territory, and their trust in God was weak. So God appoints a new leader. He appoints Joshua, the mantle of leadership, to proceed after Moses, uh, which is an interesting first draft pick uh, when you think about it. Because Joshua, he, uh, he has never had this kind of leadership before. This was a very new road for him. And he also struggled with worry and with fear. So to affirm Joshua and his calling, the Lord spoke a message of instruction and promise that can be summarized in Joshua 1 verse 9. says this, This is my command, says the Lord, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. In the longer passage, God repeats the phrase three times, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. This call to be strong and courageous, it wasn't a pep talk or pop theology designed to make Joshua feel, you know, to believe in himself. Matt LeRoy says, to be strong and courageous was a prophetic vision of what happens when God's people sink into a soul-level dependence on his strength instead of our own. The strength and courage spoken about here does not originate in us. Though it wells up in us, it is formed from outside of us. So Joshua, he's standing at this crossroad section between the journey of what was and the journey of what would be. And in order to move forward, he had to recognize his utter dependence on God. Only then was he able to step forward in strength and in courage on a road he's never been down before. Has God ever called you to something that he's never called you to before? Anybody? Me? Anybody else? (laughs) Yeah? Yeah, so you've, you've seen this road before. You know it. You know it all too well, and, and before that road finishes, you might even get on another road, right, uh, that, that, uh, that's unknown and a road you haven't been on before. And it can be intimidating because the unknown is scary. It can be overwhelming because you uh, might even begin to doubt yourself and your ability. The unknown has a lot of gray area because there's a lot that you can't see, literally, physically, and all of the things. Um, but like Joshua, when we're facing a road that we've never been down before, our ability uh, to have God's strength and to have his courage is linked to our dependence on God. 
Tonight, we'll take a lesson from Joshua and from his calling, and we'll also look for wisdom on what to do when we're on a road that we've never been down before by looking at how Joshua leads God's people. So three things right off the bat that help Joshua to be strong and courageous before stepping into the unknown that also help us to be strong and courageous. And the first one is this, knowing that God has a plan and we have a part to play. God has a plan, we have a part to play. Joshua 1-2, God said, the time has come for you to lead the Israelites across the Jordan River into the land that I am giving you. You see, Joshua believed that God had a plan, and he believed and he drew courage from the fact that God had a plan to get his people into the promised land and that he was going to use Joshua to help him. Joshua didn't know the full plan. He didn't know the step-by-step directions or instructions. He didn't really know what was going to happen next, but he had the vision. He had the vision. He knew what the end goal was. So God tells Joshua to have courage and and strength as he steps into this new calling. And again, it's not like, you can do it, Nathan. I mean, when I say that, like, I really mean it, but it's not motivational. It's God will do it through you, Nathan. That's this kind of be strength and courage. God will do it through you. So right now, God's working his plan. He's working his plan, and his plan is that, that you would know him and that, that we would make him known. God's plan is that, that he would we'd reconcile all things to him through Christ, and we have a part to play. But before God can do it through you, he's got to do it first in you. God doesn't tend to do through us what he hasn't first done in us. It's why discipleship precedes mission, and, and then it precedes it again, and it precedes it again. God has a plan, and God will do it through you. Number two, God always keeps his promises. God has never made a promise that he cannot keep. Uh, Joshua has a history with God, and he knew that he could trust him. And Joshua saw firsthand God make promises to Moses and then keep those promises to Moses. Our God is a promise keeper, and he's faithful to the end. Do you know what the, the, the most like said, the most frequent promise in the Bible is? It's God with us. It's the promise of his presence, which is number three. God is with us. Joshua had the courage and strength to face the unknown and the future because he knew that God was always with him. He saw how God spoke with Moses, worked with Moses, led Moses, and was just with Moses. And God made that same promise to Joshua. God promised to be with him. And through Jesus, we carry the same promise Toward the end of Jesus' life in the Great Commission in Matthew 28, verse 20, he says, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. Jesus promises us his presence and he sends us his spirit. When you put your trust in God, you carry the spirit of God in you. God lives in you. Therefore, God is always with you. Courage is not the absence of fear or discouragement or despair. Uh, Courage is the presence of Jesus. Jesus is all the courage of God in a human person. 
J.D. Walt, I've heard him say this a few times, but he said it's, it's not so much about practicing the presence. It's about presencing the person of Jesus. It's about presencing the person of Jesus. So Joshua, he takes this command. He goes down this road of, of unknown and uncertainty, but he steps into it with confidence and strength because it's God's confidence and it's God's strength. And he's on a mission to get the Israelites to the promised land. But he's got a big old river standing in the way. And he's got to get all the Israelites. And when I mean all, I mean thousands. This is a big family. So thousands of Israelites over across the river and into the promised land. Joshua 3, 3 through 5. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priest carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. So the Israelites are about to cross the Jordan River into the promised land. This is a big deal. I mean, think of the the longest thing you've ever waited for God for, and you've waited, I mean, generations before you even waited. It's this long family thing, and it is right there. You're almost there. Can you taste it? You're you're like, you're with the Israelites. We're kind of embracing their situation. Um, and And Joshua reminds them that they've never been on this road before. They've never been in this particular place before. So What do you do when you're going down a road that you've never been down before? This passage gives us three things to do. Number one, you look for God. Number one, you look for God. And number two, you follow it. You follow him. Uh, For the Israelites, they're told to look for the Ark of the Covenant and to follow it. The Ark of the Covenant, it's this sacred chest. It's the holiest piece of furniture that the Israelites have that represents the, the presence and the power of God. So for the people of God, Joshua is saying, like, don't get across these waters without God. Don't go across these waters on your own. Wait for God. When you see the Ark, move with the Ark. When you see the Ark, follow the Ark. Those are the instructions to the Israelites. So when you're on a road that you've never been down before, how do you look for God? Don't you just sometimes wish there was the Ark of the Covenant that you could just follow? You know, and as it moved, you would move, and, and, and that's kind of how you would work. And, and so how do you follow a God that you can't exactly see? Back to the Lord's calling of Joshua. In Joshua 1, 7 through 8, he says, Be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. So how do you look for God? Oh, you spend time with him in his word, letting his word dwell on your lips, meditating on it day and night, being obedient to what it says and following it carefully with intentionality. God tells Joshua that the strength of the Lord and the courage to follow him comes from the depth of his word and his spirit. The third thing that we should do when we're on a road that we've never been down before is Joshua says in verse 5, consecrate yourself, 
For tomorrow the Lord is going to do wondrous things, amazing things. Consecrate yourself. Consecration is about your heart. Um, it, it, to consecrate means to dedicate. Um, it, it means to uh, set yourself apart for God. Um, it's surrender. It's saying, God, everything I am, it's all I give to you. Baptism is a beautiful image of consecration because it's a person that's body goes all in and all under and, and comes back up um, proclaiming that they're, they're in. But whereas baptism is this one-time thing, consecration is a, is a daily thing. It's an everyday task. Every day I have to bring myself to consecrate myself back to the Lord. Why? Because I, I drift. My, my thoughts and attitudes and motives and plans and agendas and priorities and will, those things, they drift. And so every day I have to continually bring myself back to the Lord to consecrate myself to him. Notice he says, consecrate yourself today for tomorrow the Lord is going to do amazing things. He said, today's consecration is tied to tomorrow's amazing, wondrous works of God. So make, make sure you're consecrated to God today so that you don't miss out on these amazing, wondrous things that the Lord may do tomorrow or tomorrow's tomorrow or tomorrow's tomorrow. Mm. I bet the Israelites were not ready for what unprecedented thing God did next. Back to the story. Joshua gave instructions to the Levitical priest to carry the Ark of the Covenant to the banks of the Jordan River. And at this time, in this season of the Jordan River, it was overflowing. It was like a mile wide, and the current was strong. And the priests were to take a step into the water. Now, that would have been really intimidating because you don't know the plan, and God hasn't, like, foretold you what's going to happen. He's told you he's going to get you to the promised land, but you don't, they don't know what's going to happen next. So Joshua is having to trust in God's word. The priests are having to trust in Joshua's word that was from the word of God, and they all had to have faith to take this step because if God didn't show up, the priests and the ark are going to go for a swim down the river that was not intended to be if God didn't show up. But God did show up. And so the priest, as they like took their step and they're carrying, you know, the holiest of holy chest, um, they take a step and the water just starts to back up and starts to build up a mile backstream. And all of a sudden, the ground that was wet, that's full of water, is completely dry. And the priest walked the Ark of the Covenant out into the middle. And then all of a sudden, thousands of, of, of God's people, of Israelites, walk across on completely dry riverbed and to the other side. And it's a miracle. It's a miracle before their eyes. And uh, they had to step in faith and the entire nation went across. When God takes you down a road that you've never been down before, it's not a dead end. Uh, it's probably a front row viewing to some miraculous, amazing, wonderful work. But our eyes have to be looking. Our eyes have to be looking for God and following him. And we have to be consecrated to him. So the Israelites crossed the Jordan River. But before it's all finished, Joshua gives them some more instructions from God. 
Joshua 4, 1 through 3, and verse 6 and 7. He says, when all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, now choose 12 men from each tribe. Tell them, take 12 stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out and pile them up at the place where they will camp tonight. We will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a a memory among the people of Israel forever. So God had them carry and collect 12 stones from where the Ark of the Covenant was standing and to bring it back to camp to have them remember, to help them remember what God has done on this day, what miraculous work has happened. And these stones weren't just about them, they're for generations to come. So that every time the Israelite sees these particular stones, or probably any time they see a stone, because that's going to be a memory that reminds them of that particular moment, then they're going to remember the faithfulness of God. All right. uh, I'm a collector of uh, heart rocks. Somewhere along the way, my, um, my sweet mom, she, she just got us collecting heart rocks to look for them every time we're on a, on a walk to intentionally um, to, to go out and seek them when we are prayerfully considering things, just to always have our, our um, eyes open to these little heart rocks. So I like to pray and walk Lord knows I can't sit still and, and talk to him, so I gotta use my hands and I gotta go out for a walk. I've been doing this for a long time. So uh, this is fun. This is a rock that uh, says, go to Africa. Back in 2008, when I first went to Ghana for the first time, after hearing Hugh preach the message from Isaiah, he's like, who will go? And Isaiah's like, send me, I'll go. And I, I knew I wasn't feeling a specific call to go, but I was like, I'll go, you know, like maybe I should, maybe I should go. So when I was discerning to go to Africa, I went for a walk and I found, I found this rock. And the day I decided to go, I wrote it down on the rock and said, yes. Ah, oh, here's another one. This says Wesley 2012 campus minister. This is my first day as a campus minister here uh, coming back after Africa. This rock means a lot. This rock is the day my dad had open heart surgery, and I was looking for a remembering of God's faithfulness. I was nervous, and I found this rock that, like, has kind of a hole. It's a heart, so it's like open heart surgery. It was just the right one for this, this rock. This is, this is new. This is a new addition. This says master's degree in counseling. This was a rock that I found as I was contemplating, and this was the day that I cried in Hugh's office, uh, telling him that I I was going to take this step forward. And so that day, I went out on a walk, and I looked for a heart rock to remind myself and remember this moment, and uh, here it is. Here it is. And then this afternoon, I went for a walk, and I found this one. This is a pretty good heart-shaped rock. I'll commemorate this um, this evening, but I collect rocks because I want to 
remember God's faithfulness. It makes total sense that God would tell the Israelites to collect these stones as so that they would remember because he knows how quickly we forget. He knows in, an, in one moment we can have this full assurance of faith, but in the next moment our faith is totally shaken. And so these these rocks, like the Israelites, they sit on my counter, and I see them every day, and I remember the moments and the prayer request and the things that happened that were big mem- memories, and I, I remember his faithfulness. When you're on a road that you've never been on before, it is important to remember God's faithfulness um, in that moment, because when you remember God's faithfulness, then that stirs up hope and it stirs up courage to know that if God was faithful then, he's going to be faithful now, even in the unknown, even in the uncertainty. So more precious than the stones, more precious than my heart rocks um, is, uh, is you, is your own story. You, you're a living rock, a living stone. Your life is a marker. Your story tells the story of God and it is a beautiful thing. And the spirit, the same spirit that dwelled among the Israelites uh, within the ark lives in you when you trust God. You carry the spirit like a kingdom of priests carries the ark. So when you're headed down a road you've never been down before, like Joshua, your ability to have strength and courage is connected to your consecration, to your dependence on God. So maybe for some of you tonight, it's about remembering. It's about remembering the time in which God was faithful then and he's going to be faithful now. Maybe for some of you tonight, um, it's about consecration. It's about rededicating your life to the Lord to say, I am all in. Um, maybe tonight is about being strong and courageous, not on your own strength, not on your own courage, but embracing God's strength and God's courage. Maybe for some of you tonight, you're standing in, at your own like Jordan River, and you're needing God to make a way to part the waters to walk through. You're needing God to bring healing from depression or a breakthrough with family or reconciliation within a friendship. Maybe you're discerning a calling and you need God to make a way, healing from sickness. Wherever you find yourself tonight, remember that God has a plan and that you have a role to play in it. Remember that God always keeps his promises and that he is with us always, even to the end. You carry the life of God whoo, in you. And um, I cannot tell you how much I love Wesley and I love you. And I care so much about your walk and your story and the way in which your story reflects God. And it's just been the deepest privilege of my life to share the room with you, to share space with you, and to walk alongside you in this incredible 10-year journey that I have so many rocks that are about Uh, God's faithfulness in this season and what brings me so much strength is I'm not having to think I just (laughs) God has been faithful now 
and it'll be faithful then. Wesley's about to go on a road that it hasn't been on in a while. It's been on this road without me before, but it's been a minute. And um, I, I trust in the faithfulness of God. I trust in you guys to carry on. And I am um, just so incredibly grateful to be, uh, to, to be here with you. Um, so be strong and courageous, Wesley. <laughs> be strong and courageous, Katie. <laughs> be strong and courageous because the Lord, your God, our God, is with us wherever we go. Oh, <laughs>